3: Welcome to Mom and Dad Are Fighting, Slate's Parenting Podcast. For Thursday, April 7th, the Bind Your P's and V's edition. I'm Jamila Lemieux, a writer, contributor to Slate's Carent Feeding Parenting column, and mom to Naima, who is nine, and we live in Los Angeles, California.
4: I'm Zach Rosen. I host the Best Advice Show podcast, and I live with my family in Detroit. Noah is four and Ami is one.
1: I'm Elizabeth Newcamp. I write the homeschool and family travel blog, Dutch Dutch Goose, and I'm the mom to three littles: Henry, whose birthday is today on Thursday, and he is ten; and Oliver, who's seven; and Teddy, who's five. And we live in Colorado Springs, Colorado.
4: Happy birthday! I know a lot of, lot of, ten lot of host guys, kid birthdays. Birthday.
1: Double digits. Amazing. That's big. I feel
3: old. That's
2: huge. It is big. <laughs>
3: Today on the show, we're talking body boundaries. How do you normalize body positivity while also teaching little ones about autonomy and consent? Our listener has two little ones and is already running into some problems. Then on Slate Plus, how does parenthood affect happiness? For years, researchers have posited that parenthood negatively affects your happiness, but what if we're measuring the wrong thing? Here's the sneak peek if you have Slate Plus. It's interesting, just this morning, Naima was like... Is being a mom hard? I was like, yes. And she was like, that's so sad. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll dive into the peaks and pits of our week.
0: Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes. So doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold.
3: Let's get started with triumphs and fails. We'll start with you, Zach. What do you have going on this week?
4: It's a recurring failure, and, you know, we often talk about this, that failure might be too harsh of a word, but it's a challenge we've been facing with Noah, my four-year-old, who we're noticing has some perfectionism tendencies lately. We've been working on writing letters. She's, she's really into spelling her name and our name and the word love, which is really cute. Oh. Um, and she's really, really resistant to letting me like show her a letter that she doesn't know to the point where like, if I just like go and slip over on her page for a second, just to, just to show her, you know, what a Z looks like. She is gonna crumble and it's uh it's like you know noah we we've talked about this before like you can't possibly know everything like there are so many things that i don't know i'm practicing all the time like we this is what we do as human beings we learn we accept you know help from people because otherwise we're just not going to grow and and we're not born with all this this knowledge and and learning how to take instruction is just like part of growing up and getting getting smarter and um she's not hearing that though because she's like bawling on the floor because yeah. i showed her this is how you do a z because she wants to do it herself she wants to do it herself I think like I said this is a recurring issue I think that the meltdowns have gotten shorter um but it is it is persistent and so uh we're dealing with it you know I don't know Once a week or so.
1: Can I make a suggestion?
4: (laughs) No. (laughs) No. Because
1: I I think this is really common. Like, this is really common. And one of kind of the homeschool humps I had to get over, which Mm -hmm. is like, unless you are sitting down to do letter formation with her. And if you do that, I would suggest don't do it with a pen and paper. Do it like with a rice tray or with water or with something else that's like very shake and do it again. Mm. Don't. Don't correct her. If she Mm -hmm. hands you something, you can say, oh, what does this say? And then she'll say, Zach. And you can say, oh, I make my Z's differently. Mm. And then make your Z and never say, the way you're doing it is wrong. (laughs) Mm
4: -hmm.
1: I would just suggest like, oh, I make my Z's this way.
4: I like that. What what do you mean rice tray? What are you talking about? Oh,
1: so I um, taught the kids handwriting in these, like, just a little box that I filled with either rice or sand. And you just use your finger. And to trace out the, you know, sort of like an Etch-A-Sketch, but with your finger.
4: Oh, so and the negative space is it. the letter. Yeah, you could
1: make it a sand oh, wow. tray. You could make it literally anything I or see. with a paintbrush and water. But something that, like, goes away. But I, I think you should celebrate that she's doing all this right. Like, that's oh, great. Oh, I think definitely. it's so cool.
4: Yeah, it's really exciting, for sure. And th- these are great suggestions, and I'm definitely going to try them. Thank you. That,
1: that doesn't mean she won't also be like, well, I make mine this way and walk away.
4: <laughs> no, but I think this is a, this is a really... Great suggestion, for sure.
3: Elizabeth, what about you? Triumph or fail this week? Here, I'm just going to tell you what happened.
1: (laughs) So, the headline is basically that Jeff was out of town, and thanks to my well-meaning, like, strewing, which is where I just kind of, like, leave things around and hope the kids find them, of puberty books, I ended up answering all of Henry's questions about wet dreams basically jeff went out of town for one night on a work trip because we're approaching 10 i have been probably the last six months like lots of puberty books and books about body stuff from the library and just kind of leaving them um out mm-hmm. and around with the other library books he sometimes picks them up sometimes doesn't but this one called everything you always wanted to know about puberty and shouldn't be googling turned out to be a huge hit so he's been like picking it up and kind of looking at it. it's got a lot of pictures like drawings it's kind of specifically about boy anatomy which i think was one of the a lot of the other books i got has all kinds of different stuff in it which he's sort of interested in but i think he's much more interested in like what's going to be happening to my mm-hmm. body and and there are certainly mm-hmm. girls in his class that have already gotten their periods and are starting to go through you know puberty and changes that are are noticeable they're all so much taller than the boys those kind of things we've had kind of conversations about it but I had finished putting the little boys to bed and he's like hey can you lay and read with me and I was like sure what are you reading and he like he's like this book you got from the library he's like it's super interesting I was like oh great <laughs> so I lay down next to him and he like opens up this page and it's he says this says I'm gonna like pee the bed at night <laughs> and I was like oh okay I'm like, well, you know, it's not pee; it's ejaculate. We like talking about all of that. In some ways, we've we've certainly normalized the conversation, right? So pat on the back, yay, normal conversation. But the entire time he is like asking me these questions, I'm like screaming inside because I feel like this is really something Jeff should be talking. I don't, I don't know personally about this. I you know, didn't have brothers, even it's like, <laughs> probably mm-hmm. the worst person, but I'm the person here. And mm-hmm. I didn't want to make it at all. Like, this is something we shouldn't be talking about, or that it's awkward. So I feel like on the surface, I achieved that on the inside, I was screaming and under the blanket, texting my friend, like, you know, WTF? Why is this happening? The one night Jeff is gone. <laughs> like How am I am I answering these questions appropriately? And also without this context of like, I think if it were something that were already happening to him, then maybe he, like the questions, would be more based in the realm of kind of what the book is talking about. But because we're reading about something that hasn't happened to him or he's not talking about with his friends, you know, if there's a lot of confusion, and I tried to just answer what he was asking, um, Mm -hmm. which is something I tend to try to do without trying to explain all these other parts because he's like, what will cause this? And it's like, well, it's just something your your body does, but certain thoughts could cause this or certain feelings, <laughs> you know, but it it just was sort of one of those moments where you're like, I hope I am not blowing this. So anyway, I hope that I outwardly was as calm as I think I was because inwardly I was definitely like, try not to make this awkward. This is a really great first step that he feels like he can ask me these questions and I can provide some kind of answer. (laughs) Even though I was like, your dad might be a better person to discuss some of these with because he's experienced this and I can't speak from personal experience.
4: And I think like we'll talk about um, with our listener question, like it's not a one-off conversation. This is going to be an ongoing thing. So this is like probably the first of many or not, maybe not even the first, but it's like one of many.
1: This is certainly the first in which he has asked me something so specific and about him. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like we've had mm-hmm. other conversations, but it was more about kind of in general um, brought on by a question that he sort of got an answer to. And then was like, cool. Whereas this, you know, was like, Hey, uh, this is going to happen to me. Why would you want this to happen? This sounds terrible. <laughs> you know, I'm like, well,
4: did Jeff talk to him about it later?
1: All he's done so far is basically ask Jeff to confirm that this is something that will happen. And then he was like, no further questions. <laughs> so I don't, you know, and Jeff said he was very cool about the whole thing. But yeah, I, I think now I'm in like the waiting. I don't want this to be a thing where I'm like, we had this conversation. Do you have more questions about this? You know, because um, right. I just want it to be something he can open the lines of discussion about.
4: I mean, I see this as a triumph. Your kid is asking you specific questions that they're curious about, about things that they don't know the answers to. I think that's good stuff.
1: I don't feel like I had this kind of conversation with my parents for a variety of reasons, right? But it's Obviously. like outside, I'm like, this is good. But inside, I, I'm like, ah, this is so awkward. <laughs> well, it's going to be awkward. You just buckle up. <laughs> that's, that's exactly point. I feel like. That's what I, Jamila, I should have test, texted you. We could have just been like, buckle up. <laughs> This, is, this is how it is.
3: This is awkward.
1: But Jamila, you had a big weekend. I don't know if that's what you're going to talk about, but we had. Yes,
3: my triumph is getting through the birthday weekend. As I mentioned before, Naima, you know, I'd suggested that instead of doing a big party, like how about just an intimate dinner? Which that's what every kid wants—an intimate dinner—and like <laughs> she managed to finesse getting both. Because she got me thinking she was really into the dinner idea. And then, like, she talked to her stepmom and let her know she really wanted to have a party, too. So she had both. One of my best girlfriends and her daughter, we went to a really nice restaurant in Culver City called Etta. It was excellent. Uh, We had a nice time. The girls took terrible pictures afterwards. (laughs) They would not give us smiles. They wanted to just, like, jump and do silly stuff. It was great. And then on Sunday, uh, she had her skating party and more kids from her school came than we knew because she invited more than she told us. But luckily, there were enough goodie bags (laughs) and cake for all. (laughs) And a good time was had, and, you know, her friends were all smiles, and, you know, we finally had a California birthday party, because, like, Naima had big bashments in New York. We did a big party every year. I was not a birthday party kid growing up, and I was just insistent that Naima was always gonna have a birthday party so long as she wanted one. And, obviously, the circumstances of the last couple of years prevented us from being able to do that for her, so... I'm glad that she's back on the on the birthday party
4: scene.
1: Yay!
4: That's very exciting.
1: And it was like roller roller skating, right? It was roller
4: skating. Yeah. yeah. That's so fun. So fun. Did <laughs> you
1: roller skate? Do you
3: roller skate? I nope. Nope. <laughs> sure <laughs> don't. Sure don't. And it's funny because I feel bad. One of her friends, like, cannot skate and was terrified and was, like, crying and stuff. And I'm like, that's me. I get it, baby. Like, I understand. You know, I think as a child I would have tried. Mm -hmm. But, like, I only skated a few times as a kid. I just never picked it up. And so the last time I went roller skating was the summer before we moved here. And I definitely busted my butt a lot of times. I used one of those bumper buddy things (laughs) like a complete clown. You know, this time I was able to use the excuses. I was like, well, I need to kind of, you know, chat with parents. I'm in charge here. That's right. (laughs) Yeah. Like, even though technically I didn't plan it, all I had to do was come and help and be hostess, you know, Um, I was doing that, preparing to cut the cake, all that stuff. All right. Well, we are going to take another quick break. And when we come back, we'll get into today's listener question.
5: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance.
3: We're back and ready to hear today's question, which is being read, as always, by the lovely Shasha Leonard. Dear Mom
2: and Dad, My five-year-old son is an incredible big brother to his two-and-a-half-year-old sister. He loves her, includes her in play, and wants to greet her first thing in the morning and after her naps on the weekend. They still take baths together, and we have practically no issues with understanding body boundaries. However, this morning, he was waking up his sister and when I came into the room maybe five minutes later, he proudly told me, I showed her my pee-pee, and she showed me her pee-pee. Now they were fully dressed, and I heard them singing on the monitor, so I'm not sure when this would have happened, but it was a triggering comment for me. I immediately told him that even if he's curious, he shouldn't ever just show his private body parts to anyone, and he should never ask to see any of his friend's body parts. At that moment, I was flustered, and... I think he was confused why what he said was bad. They've been naked together and have both barged in on me in the shower, and I never back away from curious questions about bodies. But this statement just hit a nerve. Admittedly, as a parent, my biggest fear is children being exposed to sexual abuse, so I feel I might be extra sensitive, but I want to communicate the importance of autonomy, consent, and protection without causing shame or fear. My son loves being naked and we encourage body positivity, but I don't know how to balance that with the message that his body is his his sister is hers. Have you all discussed this with your kids? Mama with a little P and V.
3: What do you think, Zach?
4: So my kids are similarly spaced, almost the same age. You know, I have four and one. It sounds like you're doing great. And what happened I, I, I understand that it touched a nerve, but I also think that it's completely normal. I actually went to this website that I've consulted before, it's called healthychildren.org, and it's it's the only parenting website backed by 67,000 pediatricians. And they have this list of what is normal, and you know, looking at or touching a peer's or new sibling's genitals, showing genitals to peers, standing or sitting too close to someone, trying to see peers or adults naked, touching slash masturbating uh, genitals in public or private for kids age two through six they're saying that those are common behaviors I know that my friend who has a six year old he's constantly playing with himself um, it, the less common stuff and, and perhaps the, the problematic stuff isn't what your kids are doing you can refer to that chart at healthychildren.org we can, we can post a link but like uh less common stuff is like rubbing body bodies against each other trying to insert tongue in mouth while kissing touching peers uh, or adults genitals crude mimicking of movements associated with sexual acts like these are things that actually should probably be raising alarm but what happened is uh from as far as i can tell pretty standard stuff
1: i think that's all really good information so first like when you encounter these situations like i said i know like your inside is just like screaming and part of part of parenting is sort of making that screaming stay internal and just being really calm about all of this right like i understand there's like a lot of scary stuff that happens and that we're worried about and that these are all learning moments but uh, another mom once told me like Try to take the sex part out because for the kids they that is not something they know about, and then it's just another body part. So how would you describe how you want them to manage this body part? Granted, maybe it has you know different restrictions, time, place, that kind of thing, but as just a normal body part. So I I was thinking that in this case setting limits on the time and place for these things. And and one of the things that I think might help here is in the moment or the next time it happens, you know, he says, I showed her my pee and she showed me her pee is to say, like, I don't know how specific you want to get, but using um, some specific language may help, too, to understand, like, well, these are different parts and they happen on different people, and we need to respect other people's because I I think here like Zach said all of this is very normal. We have three boys and they're they are naked a lot and there is there is a lot of of nakedness and penises and I have to say so many times we don't touch other people's penises you know without without their consent like mm-hmm. um, because that happens with the brothers but it's it's a good way for them to learn and it sounds like the only thing you're really worried about is like were they both having fun or did somehow the five year old you know. Uh, like use some kind of power dynamic over the 2.5 year old and i d- i don't think that's really at issue here but that's more what you're worried about is like right. was there something happening that didn't feel right versus like two kids playing you know brother shows his penis and she's like oh look what i have like that is all very normal you know if you're really worried about it make sure doors are doors are open i think it's great that your son told you about it like that to me is such a good thing like he told you and you were able to talk about it you should really be celebrating that because i think that opens the doors to to further conversations it seems like we get a lot of letters though about like how to handle both the the privacy issue and the like consent issue um Mm -hmm. and i think we can just kind of say things like you know you don't see adults (laughs) out there showing each other their their private parts their penises their vaginas their boobs whatever right like in general that's not the kind of behavior that you see from adults out in society the right time for that is if you want to touch yourself in your bedroom in your bathroom in our house whatever that is i did want to recommend really quickly to Instagram accounts that I find really helpful, and one is Sex Positive underscore Families, um, that just posts lots of good information and and conversation starters and books and things, which is helpful because the conversation is it's not like you're going to go reapproach this with your child, so um, having kind of that in the back of your head for when it does happen, and the other one is called um, Vagina Pop Up Book and. They have an actual book that they're um, selling there, but they also are posting lots of very, like, sex-positive, body-positive stuff for little kids.
4: Following them now.
2: Thank you. Definitely.
1: Yeah, I'll just reiterate, you
3: know, as everyone else has said, that this is so normal, I definitely agree with Elizabeth that the fact that your son told you should help you, you know, worry a lot less because he didn't feel the need to hide it or that he might have done something wrong, you know, that you got an honest accounting of what actually took place. You know how brief this was. Um, I would just remind you to, you know, in your next conversation with your kids about this going forward, emphasizing that you understand why they were curious, you know, that there's mm-hmm. nothing weird or wrong about wondering what other people's bodies look like. And that's why we have books. That's why we have these Instagram accounts. You know, so you have your parents who can help you understand what you need to know, you know. And I, I'm personally in favor of specificity when it comes to the terms, you know, two and a half year old is old enough for penis and vagina, you know, mm-hmm. um, Now that they've seen one, you know, it it just makes a lot of sense that you would give them the proper term for it. Um, And let this be, you know, what kicks off some open conversations about bodies and and differences and sexuality in your household. And it may be starting a little bit sooner than you expected with a a two-and-a-half-year-old. You know, there's still some foundational stuff that you can talk about with your littlest one while, you know ensuring that your eldest is super clear on the importance and i think both of them really are at at ages you know because they're school age where you have to talk to them about consent and you know the fact that other people are not to engage with their bodies
4: yeah and just to put a point on this consent question or just idea which is just kind of ubiquitous in, in our house like we say my body my choice a lot we can extrapolate this out to like we can let our kids and should let our kids, I think, like decide who and who they don't want to like touch and hug. Like, you know, if if they don't feel comfortable with like their grandpa kissing them, like we should be teaching them that that's OK to enforce that yeah. boundary. And then th- this Absolutely. this is all going to, you know, come back to help them now and later to. You know to to figure out what is and isn't okay according to how they're feeling which is like what it should be about and you know yeah. doing so kindly oh yeah no, no thank you obviously not just like pushing your grandpa's bifocals away. <laughs>
3: And also, like, bodily autonomy being one of the times in which, you know, particularly for kids who struggle to say no or to challenge adult authority or even to challenge other children, that it's really important to assert those boundaries. And though you might not typically feel okay saying no thank you to your grandmother, this is one of those times where it's really important that you do so. Yep. If that's how you're feeling. Right. Well, thank you, mom, with a little P and V. We hope this conversation helps. Uh, please give us an update and let us know how it's going. And everyone else, if you have a question for us, send it to slate.com. And that's it for our show. We'll be back in your feeds bright and early on Monday with some more conundrums and recommendations. Subscribe to our feed so you don't miss it. Also, if you rely on this show for parenting advice, consider signing up for Slate Plus. It's the best way to support the show. Members will never hear another ad on our podcast or any other Slate podcast, and you'll get bonus content on this show and your other Slate favorites. To sign up now, go to slate.com slash momanddadplus. Again, that's slate.com slash momanddadplus. This episode of Mom and Dad are Fighting is produced by Rosemary Belson and Jasmine Ellis. We're Elizabeth Newcamp and Zach Rosen, I'm Jamila Lemieux. Thank you for listening.